0: No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Amen? Amen. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Father, we come before you this morning, dear God, thanking you for this time that we've had in worship, dear God. Father God, I pray, my Lord Jesus, that during this time that We're going to look into your word, dear God, that you would prepare our hearts, my Lord God, to receive what your spirit is trying to speak to us today, dear God, that we would receive it with open hearts, my Lord God, with open minds, my Lord God, that you would help our understanding today, my Lord God, and that you would help me speak this word, my Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Is that what you usually say, yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> something like that. So um, over the last, I guess over the last few weeks, I've been, um, I've been doing a lot of thinking and um, just a lot of, a lot of searching within myself. And um, sometimes you get to a place in your Christianity where you're like, wow, man, you know, you're kind of comfortable, you're, you're coasting, really, um, and you and you realize you know what there's more there's got to be more that's the awesome thing about god is that you never get to the end it's like reading a good book but it just doesn't end you know it just keeps getting better and better and better and so when it's not getting better and better and you're not going deeper and deeper there's something wrong right and so i was like man lord check me lord check me because some something's going on and so um you know, as I began to, you know, just seek him more, I, I came to I came to this scripture and um, and I said, OK, Lord, what what is it you're trying to tell me? And so I began to look at it a little bit closer. And um, I love what Bishop and Pastor Roberts say is that, you know what, you can't be a casual reader of your Bible. This is not a newspaper. This is not a magazine. This is the living word of God able to go ahead and change you and transform you. You know, nobody can change you except God, except the word of God. And we have to allow the word of God to just take hold of us, take hold of our hearts and really change our way of thinking. And so, you know, as I began to look at it a little bit deeper, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And I'm like, wow, glory to God. You know, there is no temptation that is uncommon, right? One of those things where you're like, wow, i never seen this before. This is brand new, which also is kind of crazy because sometimes we get into a situation where you're like, oh, brothers and sisters, you all don't understand what I'm going through. It's so severe, this temptation. No, it's not. Listen, there is nothing uncommon People have seen it before. People have gone through it before, which is awesome because, you know what, now we can bear one another's burdens. We can say, you know what, I'm going through the same thing. It's funny. Sometimes we, you know, we're in the men's meeting, and, and I've never been into a, a women's meeting, but I'm sure it happens there too, that we start talking, right, and we start divulging information, right? We start showing one another, listen, this is, this is what's going on with me. And we're like, wow, we're all pretty much going through the same thing. And we didn't even know it. But now that we see each other's temptations and see what we're going through, now we can keep each other accountable. We can say, hey, how are you doing with that? What's going on with you? It's not uncommon. And then you can say, you know what? My brothers, they, they, they understand. They see what I'm going through. And now they can pray for me. And they can lift me up. And they can keep me accountable. So no temptation. Everybody say, no temptation, no temptation. Is, uncommon. is uncommon. All right. So next. And I love this part. But God is faithful. Even though we're tempted, even though we're drawn away by our own evil desires, God is still faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. See, and this is where it gets complicated, right? Because then we get the woe is me, right? Oh, man. I just can't do it. It's just too much. No, it's not. He is faithful. He won't tempt you beyond what you can bear. So what does that mean? That means that each and every one of us are without excuse. Now, doesn't that that kind of change your mindset a little bit? You think about the sin that you've committed, the willful sin that you've committed. You didn't have to do it. You were able to withstand it because God is faithful. But you did it anyway. Or should I say we? Because, listen, I, hey, I am not innocent in this right here. I, God slapped me in the face with this one right here. I'm like, oh, Lord, I am a wretch. My goodness, have mercy on me, oh, Lord. Not tempted beyond what you can bear. Are not all things possible through Christ who strengthens us? Isn't that what the Bible said? Oh, isn't that what we quote all the time? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I fall into the repetitive, habitual sin. What happened? Things that make you go, hmm, mm hmm. But with temptation also, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may bear up under it. So God provides a way of escape from our temptations. So we are without excuse. There is no valid reason that we should not be overcoming. Are we not more than conquerors through Christ Jesus? So what happened? Why is it that we are just, you know, missing the mark? And this is the question that I had to ask myself. I'm like, Lord, you know, um, a few weeks ago, or actually last month, because we have communion here once a month, right, the last Sunday of every month, if you didn't know that. Um, And I'm sitting there in communion, and Bishop is like, you know what? If you're coming and you're confessing and repenting of the same sin every single month at the communion table, there's something wrong, right? Right? I mean, should we not be progressing? Should we not be going from glory to glory? Well, how can we go from glory to glory if we're still going through and falling into the same thing? It's crazy, and yet we do it anyway. But we're gonna get to that. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So, why is it important to overcome temptation? Temptation, testing. When I was in school, because I'm graduating now. <laughs> when I was in school, way back when, I was like, Man, I hate tests. I didn't like them. Mostly because I really didn't study all that much for the test. Now, this is before, this is now, this is a while ago high school, and all that. So, you know, I get to the test and you know, you get the little butterflies in your stomach, and then you're like, Oh man. I hope we don't have the test today. I hope she's sick or something happens and she don't come to class. I hope she gets into an accident. But, Lord, not a major one where she, like, gets hurt. Well, maybe a little hurt, but not, like, something serious. I don't want her to die or anything. I just want her to be delayed enough so that this hour is over so I don't have to take the test. Glory to God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. (laughs) But then later when I, came back to, uh, when I came back to school, I started thinking about these tests, man. And I'm like, wow, what if we didn't have tests? We would just study and study and study. And then all of a sudden at the end of all the study, they just go ahead and give you a degree, right? Say, you know, here, you're a lawyer. You're a doctor. You're a fireman. You're this. You're that, right? You didn't have to pass no tests; You just had to come to class. Let me ask you this. Would you want a doctor working on you? It didn't pass no test? Cutting not you open? I think, I think it was, hold on, let me look at the book. You bleeding out. Let me look at the book. Are you crazy? So tests are important. So then I started thinking about these tests, and I'm like, man, Lord, what are tests really for? Well, before I said, I, I said, okay, well, you know what? Maybe, maybe tests are for the teacher to see where you're at. You're progressing, right? Either you're progressing or you're regressing. One of the two. And if you're regressing, then we need to go ahead and give you some remedial classes, right? We need to go over the things that we've already gone over because obviously, you didn't get it. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. I'm not looking at you, Bishop. I'm not. I'm going to lose it. So then I continued thinking about testing, right? And then I had an epiphany. It is Sunday. I'm going to use epiphany. So I had an epiphany. An awakening. A eureka moment, if you will. The tests are not only for the teachers, but the tests are for me. Why? Because how do I know where I'm at if I'm never tested? How do I know how much I know if I'm progressing, if I really know what I say that I know, if I'm not tested? If I'm not put in the situation to say, okay, pick an answer, A, B, C, or D, all of the above? How do I know? Let me tell you, I went to school for two years, and um, there was a lot of things that we went over, and we had things called competencies, right? A competency is um, basically a test that you do in the clinical environment. You got to go ahead and do it in the in the in the hospital, because in a controlled environment, right, at school, it's easy, right? Okay, chest X-ray. We we'll go ahead and line it up right here, and it's like this, and. But you don't have, you know, people bleeding out. You don't have people, you know, a million people working on on, uh, on this particular person and, and say, X-ray, get in here. We need an X-ray right now. It's calm, right? But then when you graduate and, you know, you've passed all your tests, right, then the real test comes. When you have somebody that's, you know, they got on the table, there's just blood all over the place. You're like, oh, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. Does anybody else want to do that? No, there's no, it's you. You're the one. So you're put in the situation of the testing. What are you going to do? Are you going to pass? Or are you going to fail? Testing. Not just for the teacher, but for us to see where we're at. Now, obviously, we are students of the Word. Hopefully. And so that's why God allows us to go through these temptations to, for us to really know, am I really learning? Am I really progressing? Is, am I allowing the word of God to really permeate my heart? Is it changing me? Is it transforming me? When I'm alone, when I'm not around my brothers and sisters, are scriptures coming up to my mind, not allowing me to sin? To offend God, the lover of our soul, the one that we come and we say, Lord, I love you. I'm a friend of God. When you're by yourself and it's just you and God, are you his friend? Are your actions, what you do, saying, I am a friend of God? Because you could say it all day, right? And you all have friends like that. Man, we cool, everything's good, this and that. You turn your back and leave. Man, I can't stand her. Yeah. Then you find out, you get all mad, right? Then you start talking junk. (laughs) Man, I can't stand her. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe that's just me, right? Maybe that just happens to me. That happened to everybody else. But anyway, anyway. Our temptations are for us to see where we're at. Because God, obviously, the master teacher that he is, he already knows you. He knows where you're at. He don't need the temptation to find out where you are. He knows. He sees the motives of our hearts. But sometimes we're blind to our own motives. We lie to ourselves. We justify our sin. We say, you know what? Sometimes, and see, sometimes we don't want to admit that. But we say, you know what? God will forgive me. And then sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. At least I don't have that. (laughs) I know, I'm a gossip, but at least I don't cheat on my wife. Sometimes we compare ourselves to ourselves. What do I mean? You know when you guys say, oh, you were terrible, right? And what about now? You're a little bit better now, right? So then what do you say? At least I'm not as bad as I used to be. (laughs) Oh, I'm progressing. The Lord has changed me. He's transformed me. Glory to God. I love him, but I still got my sin that I don't want to let go because it's mine. (laughs) And I like it. My indulgences, those little things that I like to do, but you know what I'm saying? People don't don't see me doing them. I do it all on my own. Nobody's around. There's nobody around. But does not God see all things? Is he not omnipresent? But we tend to forget. It. We're like... I'm alone. Ain't nobody here. <laughs> I can do it. It's a good thing. Yes, yes, we're good at that. Justification, just lying on us straight up, and we believe it too. Totally convinced. Somebody comes in, oh, huh, hmm? What are we doing? Nothing. What you doing? Maybe that's just me, right? Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> when we choose to willfully sin, we deny the power of the cross to free us from the bondage of sin. We say, you know what? The cross was not enough. It's not enough. It wasn't enough to free me from my bondage because obviously I'm still falling into the same sin. And so, I mean, we won't admit that straight up because, you know, we're too Holy the christians right we can't say that it's the cross come on that's the basis of our faith but what about with our actions isn't that what we say and then we come lord i'm sorry tears streaming down it's not all up on your face But are we truly repentant? Do we really say, you know what, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me with your blood. But are you repentant? Are you saying, you know what, I'm turning away from this because I remember what happened. It was good for a minute because, you know, when you sin it right, you're like, oh, yes. And then you come to that point of guilt. Man, I did it again. So how long will it be before you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of feeling that way? Where you say to yourself, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm done. The Lord has freed me from sin. I don't have to sin. I choose to. So when are we going to choose to not sin? Because has he not empowered us? And you know, I I think about stuff like, People like Joseph in the Old Testament, right? I mean, Joseph went through some stuff, y'all. Crazy. I mean, to the point where, you know, his boss's wife was trying to get with him. And, you know, there was nobody around. He didn't have no family there. His parents weren't there. Who would have known? God would have known. God would have known. Now, this wasn't during, you know, time of grace, right? Holy Spirit wasn't residing in him, right? And still, he said no. And yet here we are, right? We're full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Dancing around and doing all kinds of stuff. And we have trouble saying no. Saying, you know what, God paid too great a price for me to do that to him. Because of love, right? I remember when I was dating Vanessa. <laughs> Come on you I ain't gonna get crazy. She's sitting right there. So I was dating Vanessa. And early on, her parents laid the ground rules, right? They're like, listen, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do that. If you want to date my daughter, this is this is what's up. How many of y'all parents have done that, right? Yeah? Some of y'all have done that? These are the ground rules. Okay. I'm setting the ground rules right now. Alina, listen. <laughs> you got to start early because, you know, Anyway, so they set the ground rules, right? And I remember thinking times, you know, because where there's a will, there's a way. It's crazy. When you're a teenager, how creative you are, you know? Start scheming, and it starts click, 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 click. Oh, yes! It's a great plan! Amazing! But you know what? One thing that kept me from... from uh, Violating the rules was the love that I had for my in-laws. I said, man, these people have shown me such love, taking me in as their own son. Why would I violate their trust? How would I do that to them? I wouldn't be able to live with myself. How much more has God done for us? And yet, it becomes, you know, a hard thing. We see the temptation, we're like, I could always repent later. No, 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 okay, no, no, wait, wait. (laughs) That's not good, that's not good. I like that. Why isn't it quick? Why aren't we like, oh no, no, I would not do that. Isn't that how we were when we first got saved? Bishop was talking about that, or no, Pastor, I think it was Pastor Robert. Pastor Robert, you were talking about that on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Well, when you were first saved, you were like this. No, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to go here. No, 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 I can't go there. I can't focus on Christ because we realize how much He did for, with the price that He paid for us, and we're like, no. Why would I offend him by doing that? I can't. (sighs) And then time progresses. Oh, that we would come back to our first love. That we would come back to that honeymoon period where all we wanted was just the word. All we wanted to do was please God and tell others about what he'd done for us. Amen. We cannot be those, as Paul put it in Second Timothy chapter three, who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. That word "form" is uh, is semblance; it resembles. So I think I started thinking about things that resemble each other. Then I thought about mimicry in um, in nature, right? two totally different, you know, animal, kind of look alike. So I started thinking about the coral snake and the king snake. One can kill you, and the other one just looks like he can kill you. <laughs> he's faking it. He, you know, he's, like, showing his stripes. He's like, yeah, I'm a coral. No, you're not. You're a king snake. Stop front, Stop man. Come on, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and see, that's the thing. One is the real thing, and one looks... Looks like the real thing, hmm. But there's no power, no potency in the fake one. It's all in the real one, right? But sometimes you know you pass for it, so because you, you know the untrained eye, you look at that, you're like, okay, I'm going over here. Are <laughs> no, you picking that up? That word, godliness, is piety or devoutness towards God. To deny is to renounce or give up or reject power that might and thereof itself. So they have a form of godliness. So it looks like they're devoted to God, but then they deny the power of it. So they deny the power of their devoutness. So they look like they're devoted. But by their actions, they deny that they are devoted. Because you can say, I'm a Christian all day. But if you're living like a heathen, I might need to question that. Maybe. Deny it. Our confession should line up with our progression, right? Right? If we say that we are Christians, then let's be Christians. That there would be no doubt that the way that we live, the way that we speak, the way that we treat others, that would scream, I am of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's be the coral and not the king, okay? Let's be the real thing. We've gave up our citizenship to the world, right? No longer are we part of the unclean nation. We are now a holy nation, right? Citizens of the kingdom. So we should act differently. should speak differently. Things should be different, right? I saw a movie one time. It's called The Man in the Mask or something like that. Something like that. My man in the iron mask, right? And so there was this king, right? He's wicked. He's wicked. And then he had locked up this other guy, right, in this tower. And it turns out they look the same, exactly the same. So what happened? These guys got together, freed the guy from the tower and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to plot. We're going to make a plot. We're going to remove that king and put this one. What they have to do first? Did they not have to train him up? Why? Because a pauper is not the same as a king, right? Pauper picks up a cup however he wants, but a king is different. He's got to pick it up a certain way, right? When you see a royalty on TV, they don't just sit like however. They got to sit a certain way, Right? Real proper, right? Sit up like that, good posture. (laughs) The ladies, they don't cross their legs just however. It's gotta be a certain way that they do it. Everything is calculated. Y'all don't need to adjust yourselves, I'm just saying. (laughs) She was like, oh, is this how it is? Something like this? Am I doing it right? Oh, man. But it's different. It's got to be different, right? The way that they speak to people, it's different. They can't, you know, you can't speak just however you want. It's different. It's the same thing. Are we not sons and daughters of the king? Did He didn't only just forgive us of our sin, free us from bondage to sin, but he adopted us into his family. Right? Now, with privilege comes responsibility. We want all the privilege and none of the responsibility. Usually, when you talk about royalty, you have in line, right? You got the first person in line, then you got like the second person, third person. Nobody really cares about, you know, whoever's like fourth or fifth, right? So they live crazy. They think they can do whatever they want, right? Because isn't it the first one? Isn't that the firstborn's duty to, you know, be the good one? <laughs> I'm gonna point this way. Isn't it? The first? <laughs> he's supposed to be the good one. He's supposed to be the one. He's the one that's inheriting everything. So I don't need to, right? Christ was the first, supposed to be the first among many, right? We can't just act the way that we want to act and expect Christ to just be like, all right, no, I got you. Are we not supposed to be being transformed, you know, our minds renewed? We're supposed to be changing, y'all. We're supposed to be looking daily less like ourselves and more like Christ. It was, we sing that song, um, and I can't remember the words. I'm so sorry. Um, something about God being beautiful, right? There you go. You're beautiful. You to me. Be. Okay, babe, I'm not going to sing it, okay? Should have seen her face. You will be my song for all eternity, Right? Yeah right. You overtake it. Thank, you. Pastor Robert. Know the song. And so I think about that song, and I think about, wow, man, he's beautiful to me, and I want to be like him. Because when I look at him, I see beauty, and when I look at me, not so much. It's like this suit, black. I mean, it's a nasty suit, but I'm just saying, <laughs> black like this. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, hey, y'all the ones that told me I look good, all right? So, what do you expect? Thank you, thank you. Watch out now, you might get cut. Anyway, so when I think about that song, I think about his beauty and I think about just his majesty. He's just so awesome. And I just, I want to be every day, I want to be more and more like him and less and less like me because being like me is nasty, terrible, terrible. I want to be more like him. I want to look like him. Amen? Okay, so what are the things that come between us and overcoming temptation? Well, sometimes it's slackness of mind. You ever have a moment when you get off of work and you're just driving home? And you space out. When you come to, you're like, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm almost home, okay. (laughs) Thank God it's not just me. I'm not going crazy. (laughs) I was worried for a second. Now that we got that out of the way, slackness of mind. Sometimes we just let our mind just wander. And the things that we think about, the things we think about. You sit there and you think. And then you come to the resolution of the thought. You're like, hmm. <laughs> then you have another thought. Hmm, I wonder how I can do that. Hmm. Remember the click, 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 click. click. Yeah, yeah. The teenager know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all know. I've been there. Slackness of mind. The Bible is clear. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners... And pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. It's a battle, y'all. We're actively engaged, or you should be, because the battle is going on up in here. And the question is are you actively engaged in the battle? Are you just sitting out daydreaming? Slackness of mind. Not trained up. Not actively involved in what's going on in your thoughts. We have to be aware of our thoughts. Where do you think sin begins? In here, you start thinking about it. Then you start convincing yourself, hmm, that's a good idea. Then you start justifying, well, you know, I could do like this, but it's not as bad as doing that, but you know, so it's all good. And then if you're real spiritual, right, you find like four or five scriptures that you kind of, you know, you, it, you extract a little bit here to glue a little bit here. Okay, and then you put it together. Give me some tape. And then uh, they, the Bible says it's cool. Okay. If you need like five or six scriptural searches, just parts of it, you know, part A and part B, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you might need to question it. You might need to question it. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting out arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the statutes of God, bringing every thought, not some, not the ones that you think are convenient, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, submission, compliance to Christ. So what does that mean? That means that when a thought pops into your head, You need to be aware. You need to be thinking. Does this glorify God? And you know the thoughts because, you know, you've done completed the thought before. And so you got to be aware. You got to be thinking all the time. You got to be actively involved in the battle that's going on in your mind. Why? Because it is our responsibility. Do we not represent Christ to the world? even to our brothers and sisters in Christ. What does it say? What does it say when we act like heathens in front of the heathens? That we're a heathen and we're cool with it. So what happens to your testimony? Throw it out the window because you know what? You are done messed up. And it takes you a long time because you know what? People don't remember the good, they remember the bad. Wait a minute, weren't you the one that, with, oh, and now you, right. Come on, please. Come on. It's for them. Who suffers? Who gets a black eye? Not you. Christ does. Christianity does. Man, it sat in my heart the other day. I was at work. Mm Mm-hmm. I was at work. (laughs) And so I'm sitting there at work, and these people are saying, man, see, that's why I don't go to church. Man, there's a bunch of hypocrites in church. Are you kidding me? There's hypocrites everywhere. But they shouldn't be in church I know, shouldn't go together. Slackness of mind. We need to be mindful. People are watching us, they're watching your every move, your every word. And because we are children of the King, we need to be ever mindful. Because you don't know who's watching. And it's not so much that they're watching. It's like, God is watching us, man. And just like Alina, you know, Alina can't do nothing without me, like, looking at her. Daddy, 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 come here. Look, look, daddy, look. Look, watch. Watch me. Watch me. She's got this new thing where she sips something. <laughs> I'm sitting there eating, and she's doing that. I'm like, watch me, daddy. She's like, watch me, daddy. Watch me. We want to honor our father in heaven with the way that we want we want to bring him glory and honor with the things that we do when it starts in the mind first peter chapter five and verse eight says be sober be vigilant be circumspect that means always watching not to see who's watching you and make sure you're doing it you know what i'm saying but be circumspect be aware Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we need to be ever vigilant. We need to be paying attention. We can't just be, you know, whatever, floating about. No, we have a responsibility as children of the king to represent him at all times. So there can't be a moment where you're just uh, checked out. Okay? Amen? The other thing, lack of word. Again, in school, I was taking a uh, statistics class. I can't say the word. I was taking a stat class. And uh, I thought it was awesome because every test was open book. Imagine that. It was great. I never have to study. And let me tell you, he used to give us an hour for the test. And if you did not look at the chapter, read the chapter, study the chapter, extract all the information from the chapter, you weren't going to pass that test. Yeah, it was open book, but you had to look at the book beforehand to know what it said, at least be able to see what chapter it was in. Sometimes I find myself, I remember the first that I found myself, you know, just flipping back to the index. And then flipping back. Okay, what, what does the word say about holiness? Okay, let me see. What does it say about this? Okay, let me What is it? Flipping back and forth. Lack of word. I didn't know it. I didn't know the material. Why? Because I was unfamiliar with the material. Why? Because I didn't dedicate the time to look at it, to study it to become familiar with it so that when I saw the questions, I knew where to go. I might not know it off the top of my head, but I have an idea of where it is. Some of us say, you know what, I can't, I can't memorize. I have, a, I have a problem. But you know the storyline for your favorite show? And sometimes you can even go ahead and say the dialogue. You can memorize your phone numbers, right? I don't memorize phone numbers anymore. I just, you know, look up people's names in my phone book and say, okay, there you are. But it's because we are not familiar. Temptation, these tests, they're open book. God gives us all the answers right here. What are you doing with it? Are you a casual reader like we said? Are you sitting there, are you studying, are you trying to say, God, speak to me? What are you saying to me? David writes to the book of Psalms, chapter 119 and verses 10 through 12 It says, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, that we would seek God with our whole heart. Let me not wander from your commandments Listen to him. Let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. God wants to teach us his statutes. But the question is, are we willing to take the time to sit there and listen? Because when the trials come, what are you going to go back to? I was taking a parenting class with Vanessa for Alina because you know, I want to go ahead and take some parenting classes. It was a good idea. So one of the things one of the concepts they uh, they taught us was m- the moral warehouse. teaching your your child or instilling in your child the statutes of why we do what we do. And that it applies no matter if mom or dad are around. Why is that important? Y'all know your kids, when y'all ain't around, they're like, some of them might be like, hey, it's free time, it's a free for all. I do whatever I want, my mom and dad ain't looking. You know when it becomes really scary? When they leave your house. Do they know? Do they know why you do what you do? Why are we obedient to God's word? Why? Do they know those things? Are those things stored in their moral warehouse? So when situations arise, they can go back to that moral warehouse and say, you know what, that doesn't line up with what I was taught. No, thank you. It's the same thing with God. God gave us his word so that we would live with the purpose that he has created us for. And to fulfill that purpose. So we would get the max out of life. Not to limit us, but to go beyond. And to and to you know achieve those things that he knows that he has placed inside of our hearts. Those things that, you know, you look around and you say, wow, Lord, look where you have me. I didn't think that you would put me in this position. Believe me, when I was growing up, I never thought I'd be preaching to nobody, man. i am be like, nah, I don't think so. I was a shy kid. <laughs> I was. It's hard to believe, I know. God done broke me out of my shell. (laughs) And sometimes I think my wife wishes that I was a little bit more shy. But that's what it's about, people. (sighs) We need to train our minds. We need to allow God's word to permeate our hearts so that we would not sin against him. Come on and stand to your feet.